Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Joke Maniac. And I'm your other host, uh, Celeste Conowich, aka C. Conowich. <laughs> hey, that's it. That's all we got. That's good. <laughs> okay, so we're going to tie back. We're going to tie back to episode number 157, Homebrewing Content, which featured TC Sodic. And that led Rorik and I to come up with the idea of working smarter and not harder, which means we stole a bunch of stuff from the daily gymnastics we do on Twitter. Um, <laughs> and since homebrew, homebrewing as a concept is just very generalized in the first place, we took the daily gymnastics and the pictures associated with those and we kind of put that back to the forum of basically take whatever you want, monster, people, terrain, spells, just take something and make something. Mm -hmm. And so it is entitled Diamnastics number 130. Do try this at home. Hey, that's not a terrible pun. Ah, not ah, today. Ah, rats. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, did you have a pick? I've got mine all ready to rock. I also have mine, but I say you go. Okay, I'll go just in case you pick the same one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, the one I picked is from the player list DM who grabbed uh, one of our monster photos on there. So this photo of this yeah monster, it's this very large sort of spindly, almost like satyr looking thing, except it's got these big horns and then it's got this ceramic looking mask for a face and then masks all around its neck. And I just love what... Um, what the player list DM came up with here. So he named the creature the King's Guide. And essentially what this is, is it's a creature that comes to people who have perished uh, of natural causes. So say like somebody who froze to death or like starved out in the wild. And then the King's Guide comes to these people and then creates a mask of this, this deceased person's face and returns it to their family or to their loved ones. So this creature's whole intention is to find these kind of lost souls uh, and, and get this image of them to bring back to their family so they know what has happened uh, to them. And I just thought that was a really like poignant and beautiful kind of use of this creature. Uh, so yeah, the playerless DM, good job. That, that, that was just a great design. Oh, that's so good. I mean, because it's taking something I definitely want to chop down with an axe and making it a lot more. And I think Yoin, something we've been lacking on doing, and I take full responsibility for that, is also figuring out how a lot of this stuff builds on the world we've all created together of Deaimbe. And I think having it be this storied history of this creature existing in the world because you don't want it to be killed by someone. Right. Yeah. And so you and someone at some point, I think even losing that story created this creature. And I think it's also a great catalyst to have an adventure because your party could be, they let's say they've adventured for several levels and they're in the tavern because of course they are. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> the King's guide shows up with a mask. Yeah, to give it to give it to them, and then the question is, how did this happen? Where did they pass away? And I don't. Does the king's guide even have any information right. on that? Does it, or? Can it even speak, or is it just mm -hmm. like a neutral kind of forest spirit that does this for for some unknown reason? Yeah, when the idea of it not not necessarily having like. You know, sentience, but not sapience in that, like, you know, it's given the mask over and it's just going to go find the next person. It's mm -hmm. not going to help. And so do you track it backwards could be a thing that's available. And I think it's a really, really cool creature to add to the world 
of Day I'm Bait or your world. Boom. Got it. Which Did means it. I, I get to talk more about the picture right below it. And I am going to talk about the post from Zim the Goblin. And then I'm going to leave an awkward pause until I scroll down to what they See, wrote. You laughed when I did the awkward pause and scroll. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but they actually created the Death Assassin, which is amazing because you're also taking you're taking something evil, turning it on the evil person that created it and making it even more evil. So I <laughs> love what you Extra layers of evil. <laughs> Essentially someone tries to raise a skeleton. Yeah, and then maybe the person, the necromancer, knows the history of the skeleton, or they see one on laying on the side of the road, and they decide, you know what, that'd be a great buddy of mine. But come to find out that it, it was actually a an assassin that was that their body is what they've tried to raise unknowingly, and now that that drive for murder and death is still residing in the bones, if you will, and now that it has come to life, it kills the necromancer that has brought it into this world, gains more power, and basically stages setups to bring more people and more power to it so it can continue to kill more and more and so like it's already built in it's literally going to lure your players one way or another to have it essentially test it test its strength and potentially gain more power yeah that's that's creepy and could definitely add a lot of uh hooks right off the bat uh to your game that well yeah and the the first thing i that came to mind was how the idea of going between subtle and brutal, mm-hmm. and I, I have, I just can't decide what I would want to do. I mean, I'd almost have to, yeah. You know, depending on your table, I'd ha- almost want like a better gauge of the players. What, what do I think would be more engaging? But definitely, two roads to go down. You know, could it be more of this Jack the Ripper style, mm-hmm. and it's luring people in, or like I said, it could just be breadcrumbs where it's like, oh, this lost treasure is over here. And you're still drawing adventurers in right, and get, yeah. get getting to that goal of testing its strength and getting more power. Yeah, well done. Yeah, well done, Zim the Goblin. Uh, I actually have one more I want to shout out real quick. Okay. If, if that's allowed, um, I just want to give uh, yeah, nope, a moving on. A men- how dare you? Uh, <laughs> I, I just want to give a mention to DM Pax, who took one of the items there. And so it's this kind of green swirling potion bottle with a leaf design in it. Uh, and they designed it to be called Wood Nectar. And essentially, one dose gets you the bark skin. Two doses gets you uh, speak with plants. Three doses, you can be a treant. For a while but my favorite part is if you try to use it for more than that or more in that same uh day long period uh there is a chance that you become a tree forever like just a tree non-sentient tree and um can only be fixed with some big juju magic so i think that's a fun thing to have in your game for people who might be you know those players who always just want to push the envelope roll the dice a little bit more Boom, you're a tree. I just thought that was really amusing. <laughs> so oh, wanted to shout awesome. him out. Yeah. Hey, I want to shout him out as well. You relinked the picture and then Celeste and I weren't scrolling around like fools. No, you were. <laughs> oh, you're our hero. DM Pax. Yes. <laughs> Done. Uh, oh, I also love the idea of having it be the way. Because it happens, your players don't want to play the character that they are anymore. Mm-hmm. I think you're know, putting an in-game mechanic of a way that you know maybe they don't want to be a certain race, and now they're a treant. Yep. 
that, as their race yeah, or something like that. It's, and, it's know, really cool. And I, I just love the idea of like maybe in the, this village somewhere there's this tree and there's a rumor that it used to be a person. And this is like actually one way that could have happened. So it's like now that's granddad, uh, the yep. maple tree. <laughs> you oh, know? man. I think the other the other way is you know, how does it get made is always a great question mm-hmm. for something like this. And so is it the sap from a ancient tree that you can only find in this wood? And so then do you go back there on a regular basis or do you you know, and you intentionally go there and that's how you transform into this mm-hmm. new race? Well done, DM Pax Good on stuff. all levels. I mean, all you need now is an amazing avatar and you're you're set. You're set, man. <laughs> you're in. <laughs> But I think we've done it. We've highlighted some amazing posts and there's definitely some more that you should go check out. But that said, there are also a ton of other pictures that you could definitely put your own spin on and homebrew some content for the world of Day Island Bay and your own. But with that, we're going to lift the mental weights right now. Hoorah. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. Were there any that really spoke to you? There was. I think we should do number three because it's basically... It comes across like a medieval version of Cerebro. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so, exactly what I was going to say when we oh, were talking awesome. about that. So it's, you know, it's a doorway that opens into this library where you can not you can barely see the top. You can't see the bottom. And it is just you know, books after books after books. And there's also appears to be this magical bridge being built mm-hmm. as pages are flying off the shelves. And it just it really does give that sense of Cerebro definitely from the, you know, the X-Men oh, series yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, and I think it, that would be a really interesting way to have knowledge be accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is just such a, a, I mean, imagine putting this room even, well, obviously like in some kind of arcane tower or mage school, but maybe if you were exploring like an ancient castle ruin or like a dungeon system or whatever, imagine walking into this room and then having this happen, like this perfectly preserved room and this bridge to all this knowledge appears before you. I think that would be a really powerful thing to find uh, out in your wanderings. So you say that that's a perfect place that we could add it would be the mage tower that is on the Devil's Plateau in the biggest city in Dayaimbe of Lucina Tyrion. And because it's a group of mages that control that city. And I could see you know, the adventurers either coming in here or paying some kind of sacrifice or homage or patronage to be able to even enter this library oh, yeah. and have. I would also you know, kind of want to go the the I mean, I wouldn't. I, I'm trying to figure out how heavy-handed I would want to go with the Professor X-ness <laughs> of it. In, you but in always that, need is, more Professor X in everything, Neil. <laughs> in that there is someone that has this very special set of skills to be able to access it in that way. I mean, sure, don't get me wrong. You want to get a long ladder or then start doing some climb checks, you can start to traditionally search these books but there is someone who is has this power and almost this attunement to this library so that they can access the knowledge and in that more like that very fast manner Mm -hmm. alternatively i was also thinking like just based on this bridge that sort of creates itself like what if the room itself has its own kind of sentience so the library itself uh, can identify your needs. Like that's why you have to pay a toll or a fee to get into this place because the library itself knows what you're looking for and can direct you. Or maybe like books fly around the room to you. Or there's just a lot of cool possibilities with how to spin this. Yeah, and I think that's just a general 
sense for myself is sometimes pulling the good and evil element away from certain scenarios because you know kind of my my gut reaction is like yeah and only good people no 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 that's not how knowledge works Mm -mm. that's not how knowledge functions because knowing about things doesn't make that you know knowledge is not evil in the knowledge is a sword (laughs) to be wielded one way or the other knowledge is power yeah uh (laughs) and so having anybody be able to access it because whatever they choose to do with it after is not the responsibility of this sentience Mm -mm. or this library in any way which makes it very dangerous yeah speaking of dangerous which one do you pick (laughs) which one do you pick uh i picked Oh, I was thinking about this this first monster one that we had on here. It totally caught my eye. So this this creature, this is a very creepy photo. So it looks like there's a corpse of some kind attached by a mask to this much larger, almost gorilla-like sort of alien tree creature that's swathed in these like stitched together kind of woven straw mats. Uh, so it's just this very like, gristly but interesting creature but what really like caught my attention about this was that the two things seem to be i don't know like working together somehow or the idea like this creature needs a human host or something to Mm -hmm. to power it to function and so what really like lit up my imagination was maybe this is a creature that serves as some kind of like guardian for maybe a village or a specific locale. Uh, And then I got started thinking, I'm like, what if this is like, it requires a yearly sacrifice or something to this creature uh, to keep this this thing functioning or um, serving some kind of purpose for the village? Yeah, and thinking of the idea that it is an honor. You know, mm-hmm. in this in this community to be able to be the sacrifice that then continues to guard this city. The other thing I thought was, what if it's uh, in case of emergency, break glass kind of scenario? Yes, yeah, yeah like superpower. You know, the orc invasion is coming along, and so then someone is willing to sacrifice themselves to be you know be that sacrifice and be the guardian of the town when it's necessary. You know, so again, just putting it out that maybe it's not annually, but maybe it's you're in this super cool NPC thing that you do because the town is being attacked by orcs. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the idea. Like it is a grisly thing, but rather than making this like a monster that kills people and incorporates them, like if this, there is some kind of ritual element uh, to, to create this creature. uh, That's really exciting idea. Oh man, that's so creepy though. There's like the pool of the blood on the ground. You guys, yeah. you have to come here and like come to the blogs and look at these images. They're yes. they're pretty rocking. So the other one that stood out to me was a spell, essentially an image of a spell that we had put onto the forums where it's almost like dragons flying out, but oh, yeah. also these you know, like wreathed in fire, like or dragons made of fire. Mm-hmm. And I think like an elevated version of magic missile is the first thing yeah. that came to mind. And I you know, and I'm sure all the words I say are in some book somewhere, but basically something akin to magic missile, but fire. And so then I would also have it do more damage because you know, I mean, fire is more likely to be resisted and other things like that. But make it that surefire hit at a higher level because there's not as many spells that are guaranteed X amount of damage. So I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. 
looking looking at this because also yeah everything's coming from like this orb so this really makes me think of, of fireworks like you know the, those fireworks that burst mm, apart yeah, and then yeah. they have those like squiggle patterns so if this was some kind of maybe this is even like an alchemical object that releases this spell too and they're all shaped like these little dragon heads i mean that would be horrifying <laughs> and super cool well, I mean, yeah, because now, now we're dipping into kind of an item opposed to a spell itself, mm -hmm. but it could be, you know, a magical item that you give to your wizard who then it can enhance certain, it, maybe it's X uses per day and it enhances their abilities by changing it into fire and making it more powerful. Yeah, it gives like the flash fire quality to all your spells while you hold this orb or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's Ooh, awesome. very cool. And they look like dragons. And they're dragon so. heads, which makes yeah. everything better in the D&D. &D. Well, I mean, half of it is dragons. <laughs> half is so. dragons, so <laughs> you're there. Yep. I think we've done it, but that means that we got to tell people where they can go to find us. Which means that if you have some homebrew content or questions or ideas, you can definitely head over and email us at dmnastics at gmail.com. And like I had mentioned before, we do daily dmnastics at dmnastics on Twitter, all one word, all lowercase. And there you can find my handle, Celeste handle. And of course, for everything else on our network, you can always head over to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. But rather than let these mental gains go to waste, let's head over to taking your supplements. Boom. Today, we are going to talk about a company I don't think we've talked about before, and it is Jetpack 7. Ooh. And they don't have a lot of products out, but the ones they do, I really like. So I thought we would talk about them. And friend of us, uh, Dan Dillon, has helped them do some oh, things. Oh, Dan. So that's kind of a go-to yes. method. If you, if uh, Dan Dillon made it or helped then make it, it's very you good. <laughs> You should probably check it out. I don't think he helped with the one that I will highlight today, though. And that is Gods and Goddesses, a fifth edition supplement. So, hey, surprise, supplements in the name. Ooh, oh, man. Whoa. So, in Gods and Goddesses, there are 16 deities. And then coupled with those are 16 cleric domains as well as 16 paladin oaths. Oh, yes. And it is absolutely fantastic it is a way to take your high level play and throw some really really tough things at your players the mechanics some baseline stuff that makes sense like of course that wouldn't affect a deity and maybe i'm taking this information to create a deity for the undermountain game oh that no. celeste and dan <laughs> dylan are in so maybe it's that that sounds fantastic. I mean, any game where you can definitely explore and get into the crunchier bits of like all the deities running around in these different pantheons uh, just just is always makes for really exciting play. I mean, there's no better villain slash hero uh, in a story than than a god of something, right? Yeah, I don't think I've I don't think I've experienced product quite so ready for reskinning mm -hmm. you know, because I mean, you do really need some like personal connection if you were going to place these deities into your world but it's basically these absolutely epic amazing stat blocks that you could just you know file the numbers off and put the deities that you've already created kind of tying back a little bit more to the homebrew content that you've created in your world and you know they could fit and it could just be like a framework to build the pantheon for your world and having these things um and like i said some really great mechanics for building a deity if your players see fit to fight one or if a true dragon tells them they have oh, to. If you're foolish or brave enough. 
one of the two. But with that, we'll turn out the lights and head out of the gym. Before we go, I want to implore you, the listener, to join the forums and take part in these challenges and exercises and all of the other amazing conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift? Can I trust you will add your own cardio? Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio. What are you doing? Horizontal running. <laughs>